You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is going on, everybody? Greetings and welcome to another Locked On Padres podcast. But also the Locked On Reds podcast. I am one of your hosts, Javier Reyes. Sometimes the host with the most, I call myself. Uh, and Jeff Carr is with me here today. And we're doing a post-series recap, talking about all things Reds and Padres. Probably in terms of, you know, going forward and what have you for the rest of the season. Both of our teams were competitive last year down the stretch. And this year, uh, one of our teams is competitive. And the other team is seemingly, it's it, they're kind of going for the, let's call it the Oakland A zone. Right. Where they're, they're trying to their big storyline is going to be people taking pictures of their ballpark of nobody being there, apparently. And then this all fans being miserable. Right. It's like them, the Oakland A's. And maybe there's one other team I can't I can't quite uh, remember. But anyway, um, all of that good stuff, Jeff, before we get into that, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, Javi. Yes, <laughs> definitely the host with the most. I, I, I'll give you that. It's. It's great to be talking with you. And yeah, I'd be all right if we just spend 30 minutes talking about the Padres because let's face it, there were two, all right, maybe three bright spots for the Reds in this entire series. Mm. Like that was some awful baseball by the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah. Just absolutely awful. And there were some nice bright spots with the pitching that we can get into. But obviously, I, I think we have to start first because we'll we'll talk about the pitching. We'll talk about Nick Lodolo. We'll talk about. Um, mm -hmm. I want to talk to you about some amazing hitting by a couple of different dudes and the way that Mackenzie Gore looked yesterday. That yeah. was phenomenal. But we got to start with what everybody's talking about, and that's yeah. Tyler Stevenson and Luke Voigt. Um, first off, uh, I don't want to throw cold water on it, but I don't think it was intentional. I don't think we're talking about a dude that maliciously attacked another player. And I don't think that this is a situation. I understand that Kyle Farmer and Tony fan Tommy fan. They're all, you know, protecting their guy. They're getting behind their guy. And there's a little bit of conspiracy stuff of why Luke Voigt didn't play yesterday, but all mm -hmm. in all, as a Reds fan, I hold nothing against Luke Voigt for that play because the throw took him up the line. Yeah, it was look, there's a, I'm glad that baseball moved away from the, yeah just randomly deciding for years and decades that we're just this one area of our game. It's cool. If it's football <laughs> yeah. now or where it UFC was like, sure. And it was, aspect, yeah, yeah. To UFC. Exactly. Right. It's like, bah, bah. and, and then eventually of course the Buster Posey thing happens as every, you know, longtime baseball fan probably knows. And, you know, is it annoying that they only finally got rid of it because a star catcher got hurt? Yes. But that's kind of where we are now. And, I've always been the same way where I'm like, this isn't baseball isn't a contact sport in that regard. So it never really made sense to me. This particular play, it was it was it was Stevenson was getting the ball. The 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 ball drew him in in a certain lane from third to first base, that whatever you, that line you want to call it. And to me, it was just a really awkward slide by Voigt. Cause he kind of slides down and then his hands kind of slap down. And I think that that's what sort of happened. I don't think it was dirty. I think there might've been like the, not a dirty, but like, you know how you're just like, Ugh! like you, you get like almost annoyed in your head sometimes. And then you just kind of have that, that quick moment where you put force anywhere. 
I think. Mm -hmm. You're like, what is the nearest thing that I could put force to? This hat <laughs> right here, this wall. And I think Voight was just like, no, <laughs> like, don't catch the ball. And then, you know what I mean? I don't think he was like, oh, I'm going to knock this sucker out. So I think that that's right. what happens. I think his reaction says it mu as much. And especially early on, early on the season, there's no reason the Padres and Reds really have any beef. You might say, oh, well, they were competitive last year. I alluded to that beginning. They were both vying for the same wild card spot. Well, guess what? Neither team got that spot. So there isn't really any reason for beef. The only thing you could come up with is the Tommy Pham stuff, uh, who yeah. we're going to talk about in a little bit. But, yeah, I thought that that was very much not a dirty play. Um, I understand if people thought that because of the way he put his hands on that that was a little bit weird and unnecessary. So if you're a Reds fan, like, feel free to use it as fuel. Uh, I enjoy when people just kind of at least have legitimate reasons to be like, hey, that was messed up. Instead of like, oh, I'm Bryce Paddock of Lockdown Rangers, and I don't like that Jose Bautista <laughs> hit a two-run home run off of us and flipped his bat, so now I'm going to pretend that he's the devil for the next six years. Like, At least there's like a legitimate reason to be like, hey, you hurt our guy sort of thing. But uh, what do you think about right. the whole thing? No, and, and to be honest with you, if you want to break it down, like, physically, the way that he slides, like, it is a very, they, they teach you when you slide to throw your hands up, right? You're, you're yeah. supposed to just basically throw your feet at the base and throw your hands up. So mm -hmm. whenever he sees that Stevenson is going to be right there, he instinctively goes to brace. I think that's what happened there. You Like, you saw his arms come down to brace for impact. And it just so happened that his elbow had to come right down on Tyler Stevenson's head. It, it was immediate there. I'm like, okay, yeah, he ain't playing the rest of this game. He's probably going on the concussion protocol or whatever that we've got, the seven-day concussion IL. Um, but I didn't look at that as a situation that it's like, oh, you go get him. Like, this isn't yeah. um, A-Rod smacking the ball out of Bronson Arroyo's glove. <laughs> That's a great like, reason to hate A-Rod. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a terrible, that's obvious. Like, he yeah. wasn't doing anything. He was just like, no, you're not getting me. Like, come on. Look, boy, wasn't trying to do that. Like, that's not. Just, oh, my God. I mean, yeah. I, and I actually watched. It's, it's funny you say that. I, I don't know if you've seen, like, that SB Nation, like, like beef history thing of Jeter and A-Rod. <laughs> and they bring up that play and whatnot. It's like. I forget sometimes like how hilarious Alex Rodriguez of a, of a career of just constantly finding a way to be in the spotlight for like the dumbest oh reasons. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, again, just to bring the, the point home. Yeah, I agree. I don't think it was anything malicious, but again, I, I understand it's teammates and players like being a little bit upset, you know what I'm saying? Just being like, this is, it just feels like it could have been avoided, you know, in, yeah. in the grand scheme of things, I think. And, you know, unfortunately that was yeah, like you said, probably from the Reds' perspective, one of the only exciting things that happened this series, with the exception of, and it's things also because Tyler Stevenson had been playing really well this year so far, too, at least from a batting uh, standpoint. I don't know about his defense and whatnot, but... Um, one of the few. <laughs> one of the few, and I know Jonathan India's on the I.O. right now, so it's not going great in Cincinnati land. But before we kind of continue into that, we I mean, I have to address it. You brought up the catcher thing, but we need to talk about Tommy Pham. <laughs> we need to talk about... All things Tommy Pham, on top of just him issuing a weird statement referring to Luke Voigt, and I don't know if he challenged him to like a cage match. Like I was very, I was very thrown off by the quote <laughs> that Luke that, that Tommy Pham said about Luke Voigt. Like if he wants to get to it, like I know places here that'll have me, <laughs> and I was just like, I really actually think he challenged him to like. A, 
a shadow duel. Like, I don't know what happened. Like, um, Jeff, what was kind of your perspective on the whole thing? I think, now, I think now Luke Voigt has to pick his weapon. Um, <laughs> I think that's what happened. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I, he was like a step away from being like, let's throw down for a brouhaha here, mm-hmm. you know, let's go. I, I, I think that's possibly, I, I don't know that it was a, it was probably a matchup <laughs> situation. I don't know that anybody's keeping anybody out of the lineup for, you know, extracurricular reasons like that. But when it comes to Tommy Pham's comments, it's funny because there were a lot of Reds fans that are just like, is this dude selfish? Like, what's he doing? Like, what's he talking about getting into a fight with Luke Voigt for? Like, like even Tyler Stevenson came out and tweeted after the game. He was just like, the only thing that matters is I got the out. Like, that's all I'm worried about. Yeah. That is true. That is the part we forgot too. Luke Voigt was out. That's another thing that got forgotten. Yeah. (laughs) Now it's just time. Fam's like, all right, we're throwing down. Um, Add an injury to insult or yeah, (laughs) insult to injury. Yeah, yeah, injury to insult. In this case, it would be something different though. It'd be like we're adding just obnoxious to injury or something. We're adding adding we're adding rage to injury. We're adding (laughs) yeah, rage might be right might be pretty good. But before we talk a little bit more about Tommy Fan, because I know that's one thing I want to talk to you about how that experience has been so far. Let's talk about something that is just wholeheartedly, I think, pretty good. All right. You know, it's not rage and instead it is love, Mr. Jeff Carr. And that's jewelry. All right. Because you can give jewelry to the person you love and care about. And we're talking about Blue Nile specifically, guys. Do you want to celebrate all of life's special moments? Right. Engagement rings, perhaps just dream gifts and all that for for whatever occasion. It has to be of gifts for that he or she, whatever you want in your life. Well, Blue Nile has you covered. All right, ladies and gentlemen, fine jewelry, wedding jewelry, whatever you want uh, over at Blue Nile. They've got you covered for pretty reasonable prices as well. And this podcast is giving a really cool uh, deal just in time for Mother's Day. That's another occasion. I don't know if this is something that you're into, Jeff, but um, Blue Nile's got you covered for all that stuff. Enter the code Locked On, and you get $50 off of $500 orders. It is really cool. Go to BlueNile.com today. Jeff, do you have any sort of gifts that you're trying to give in the future. I'm thinking about some earrings or something like that. Mm. Not for me, uh, for my wife. Uh, but yeah, no, I, that's something that blue Nile I've used them in the past where you go on their website, you check this out, you see what they've got and they actually kind of help you. They walk you through. If, if you've got some questions, you're like me and like, look, I'll talk to you about on base percentage till I'm blue in the face. But if you're talking about mm-hmm. like different cuts of jewelry, like, and sure like i want to get an earring what's that look like is it shiny yeah yeah like that's where i'm coming from with this blue nile uh is perfect for me because they help me out like they've got great customer service and they're absolutely helpful if you're that dude that's just like i want to get something shiny for my significant other yeah can you help me and that's you know what that's what life's all about sometimes guys so remember if you want to have the same experience that jeff did Go check it out, guys. Locked on as the promo code to get your discount, BlueNile.com today. And I want to remind everybody, of course, thank you for making both Locked On Potteries and that's your hashtag first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Jeff, I'm just going to cut to the chase. How has the Time Fam experience been so far? Because he used to be with the Padres. I used to call him the warlock of the San Diego Padres. And instead, it is a long-running bit that I do not say the name of the first baseman. I do not. You can. <laughs> I do not say the name of the Padres' first baseman. 
Tommy Pham, he, I mean, I don't know. I, I might have to add him to, to the the rare rival that I don't say the name of. I have to come up with something for Tommy Pham, and I would love it. I need a villain for the Padres because Tommy Pham has absolutely been living up to it so far. But how has he been for the yeah. Cincinnati Reds? Well, to be honest with you, a name comes to mind that Reds fans are not going to like, and it's a guy that was on the team last year as Drupal Cabrera. Or at least before the San Diego Padres series, uh, that's kind of what Reds fans were thinking about Tommy Pham because uh, they both had the same distinction of going 0 for 22 to begin their Reds careers. Uh, Tommy Pham was not doing anything. There was a reason why the other day I said, Steve and I have exactly one less hit than Tommy Pham does this year because... <laughs> He had exactly one more hit than we did. He was absolutely struggling and then just uncorks that home run in yeah. the first game. And and to be honest, it was a little bit funny how both of game one and game two begin with a Tommy Pham home run. And then in the bottom of the first inning, uh, it's Manny Machado hitting a two-run yeah. home run to <laughs> make sure that that lead lasts all of like 20 seconds. So. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a little bit annoying. But for Tommy Pham, like whenever he came in, I was looking at him as probably a top of the order type dude because of the upheaval in this Reds lineup. And he can get on base and he can bat against left handed pitching, which is something that the Reds just were god awful at last yeah. year. And that's a big thing. But so far, I'm a little bit leery of it. However, this series made me feel some kind of better about the Tommy fam experience. Yeah. And I will say at the minimum, and I look, I couldn't bring up the exact exit velos and whatnot. I didn't find the total hard hits, but what I can promise you, I mean, I can't promise it, but like, you know, based on the good old eye test, I promise you, Tommy fam did not hit that home run off of Joe Musgrove in two days ago. I, it went to like the fourth deck. I don't care if there's not a fourth deck. Don't don't tweet at me. It went to like, I promise you Tommy Pham did not hit a ball nearly that hard, at least maybe a couple times last year. Certainly not for a home run. Maybe there was some double that was smoked with an exit view of like 118 or what, what have you. But I promise you Tommy Pham did not hit the ball nearly that hard at all with the Padres injury. He did have the stabbing situation. He did have just in general injuries the year before, right? Maybe it's possible that he's a little bit more recovered now. I don't know, but yeah, fan with the Padres was very, uh, I, I bring this up all the time, but he had the worst, one of the five worst WRC pluses with runners in scoring position last year among all of qualified players. He couldn't drive anybody in. He was great for getting that opening walk, but man, was he dreadful. He has, he still has a great eye at the plate. I will say that has a great eye at the plate. He doesn't swing at dumb stuff. But when the stuff is set in the strike zone, just swings through it like seemingly every time. And it's another example of seemingly the Rays trading a guy right before he, you know, maybe reached his his peak. But, you know, hopefully this gets him going for your sake. And for my sake, I hope it does it because I want to be the new villain. <laughs> I think it's really fun. I, I have no ill will towards Tommy Pham. Uh, I just think it's really impressive that he's drawn the ire of Padres fans who usually only care about the Dodgers. That's right. usually the only thing that they have beef with. Now they're like, wait a minute, who's this guy? <laughs> like, it's okay, guy Cincinnati, this guy. we hate him. He's terrible. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I thought it was ironic the way that he played because I remember last year, I swear, and, I, and I'm sure this isn't mathematically correct, but I swear in that Padres Red Series in 2021 with Pham on the other side of the fence, he had he was like 12 for 10 
against mm-hmm. the Reds. Like the Reds couldn't get him out at all, which yeah. Manny Machado took that over in this series. But um, Tommy Pham was just playing ridiculous. And that home run that he hit off Musgrove, I, I got the chance to visit San Diego a few years ago and go to a game there and stuff mm. like that. And there's this nice rooftop bar that's adjacent from the field. And like you can look down onto the field and stuff like that. I'm pretty sure if somebody was standing up in that rooftop bar, they had a chance to catch that ball. Like it, as soon as it left the bat, I was like, gee, whiz, how far is this thing going? Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that it was nice to see. There's been a lot of hard hit contact from him. And, and that's part of the optimism that folks had, even through the O for 22 start, they're just like, there's a lot of hard hit contact coming from him. Like his baseball savant page is full of red numbers, which is good. Yeah. And we like blue. Yeah. We like red. So hopefully that pretends, uh, some good stuff coming for the famster. Yeah. And I hope so too. And, and, and to a degree of, I always, man in baseball, it's the toughest sport to survive. Yeah. in when your team isn't, you know, competing and doing any good. But I know you wanted to talk about the other bright spots of the Reds, which were, you know, your Hunter Greens, your Nick Lodolas. Just in general, this series does feature uh, these two teams. And we're going to be playing each other next week as well, by the way, which should be uh, mentioned. Features a lot of high-level, like, prospects in the pitching, which I think is very interesting. So go ahead, talk about and brag about, if you can, the fact that, you had a dude who apparently was just throwing 102 miles per hour every single pitch against the best lineup in baseball. That's that's pretty impressive. Talk about it. Talk about it. Talk on it. Yeah, no. Uh, Hunter, Hunter Green is phenomenal, and he's going to start this first game as the Reds come back home and they're facing the St. Louis Cardinals on Friday, and I think he's going up against Steven Matz, so that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. But mm-hmm. um, 102 on the fastball, but really, I mean, as, as impressive as that is, and the fact that he can do that, and, and I'm hoping that in the middle of this season, we're talking about six, seven, eight innings, but for right now, five, six innings to still be throwing 102 miles an hour. That's phenomenal. And the fact that you watch him pitch, it's not as if he is whipping that arm up there. If he's doing some yeah. kind of like uncoiling action that his body just looks like, like I think of a role as Chapman. Like back in the day, our oldest Chapman, yeah. when he was young with the Reds, like his pitching motion, it looked like he like balled up and then just unleashed toward the plate. Hunter Green's is easy. His motion mm-hmm. is easy. His mechanics are repeatable. And you put on top of that the mind that he has. His first start in Atlanta against the defending World Series champion, that he was pitching phenomenally. And in between each pitch, like you could see he was like, like calming his heart rate down. I'm like, is this dude a rookie or has he been pitching for 10 years? Like, this is phenomenal. I, I love watching him and I love the bounce back specific to this Padre series. I love the bounce back that we saw from Nick Lodolo because his mm-hmm. first start was not very good. He mm-hmm. blew up at home against the guardians. He had a really terrible inning where he hit a guy and then it was like, walk, walk, huge Homer, like, was down five, nothing before you could blink an eye. And then he pitches phenomenally and he just doesn't get the help. Like, I mean, the way that he pitched against the Padres is the way that I hope he pitches from here on out, because that was phenomenal, especially the fact that, you know, he gives up the Homer to Machado. I think it was a change up like low and in that Machado just ate, just mm-hmm. destroyed, probably hit that further than the Tommy fam one. But he comes back on Machado's next plate appearance, throws him that same pitch, but he throws it where he wants to, and he gets Machado to swing over top of it. So I was like, that's maturity, that's guts, 
That is some stones. Dude is ready to pitch mm-hmm. at this level. So I'm, I'm excited for both these guys because they're the future of the Reds pitching staff. Yeah, absolutely. I talked about it on my podcast that I actually think that that game with Lodolo, the Padres might have gotten a little bit fortunate because they have Manny Machado on their team. Because <laughs> absent the Manny Machado hit, barely any other hard contact given. I know the, that Hassan Kim, I'm pretty sure, drove in an RBI. But for, for the most part, not a lot of hard contact outside of that. It was actually the opposite. Sean Maniah actually was the one that gave up a lot more hard, hard contact between the two. But that's just sometimes how it rolls. Padres have really good defense as well, uh, as compared, especially in the, the infield and stuff like that. So that's just how oh, things yeah. go. But I'd be, I'd be interested in Nick Lodolo, and I know that you have questions about some other Padres guys and whatnot, and I have some more questions for you. But before we talk about that, before we talk about the future and whatnot of these two teams, because man, it, it seems like it's going to be a long one for the Reds, ladies and gentlemen, um, betting on the Reds, betting on the Padres. There's only one site to do it, right? You want to make that bet on Mackenzie Gore, rookie of the year or CJ Abrams. Well, betonline.net is your number one source for all your sort of betting stats and sports info guys find all the latest sport developments league reviews and news including this year's basketball playoffs and of course obviously the start of the major league baseball season bet online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs esports esports are awesome and more i say esports are awesome because you know in, in our line of work uh, Jeff, I don't actually follow esports for the record. I just love video games. But in our line of work, there's a lot of the a lot of the talksmen's and and I say talksmen's by the way. I always say, oh, the video games. What are these things? It's like, oh, they're only the highest lucrative you know industry in the world. Okay, so right. shut up. All right, that's why we're mentioning esports. But anyway, guys, you want esports, all of that stuff, and like I said, with baseball. And if you want to bet on NFL stuff, I know we've got some Debo Samuel rumors. Maybe that'll shift lines and whatnot. Uh, Go to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. Jeff, we're in the home stretch. Let's do it, man. Let's just go for it. Ask me your questions. I'm all in. This is when we just ask about... I guess looking forward to both of these teams, what is kind of the outlook? Because I know that we're going to be playing each other again next week. And both of these teams are very, very different in their outlook for the next rest of the season. I'm going to say something that I think most Reds fans are going to feel is kind of silly for me to say. I still think Ooh. they're going to win 70-something games. Ooh. I still Ooh. think okay. they're go. going to. Because there's a lot of Reds fans that are just like, oh, they're losing 100 they're going to be the mm-hmm. first team since the 1980s. I think it's 1981 <laughs> Reds that lost a hundred games. And that's the only time they've ever lost a hundred games in their franchise history. I don't think they realize how hard it is to lose a hundred games. It's pretty Plus, hard. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you gotta be really it's pretty bad. difficult. Yeah. And this team as currently as, as what was on the field in this series. Yeah. They're pretty bad, but let's talk about, I mean, India, he's hurt. Donovan mm-hmm. Solano. He's hurt. Luis Castillo. He's hurt. Jose Barrero. He's hurt. Mike Miner, he's hurt. Lucas Sims, he's hurt. Like, all these guys are just out of this lineup. Tyler Stevenson got hurt and didn't finish the series. You're talking about a lot of key players that if they were healthy, we could be talking about actually moving around the lineup. And there's a whole discussion that Steve and I had on uh, the show the other day about how the roster construction has really led to this sort of conundrum. But as it stands right now, I think this is the valley. This is the rock bottom for the season. 
it's definitely only up from here because let's face it in a three game series and you only score three total runs you can't get much worse than that unless you just get shut out for all three games but I, I definitely think that the Reds are trending on the up and up and when just from my perspective watching the Padres they look pretty solid man and they're not even playing with Fernando Tatis right now. And so whenever yeah. Tatis can hopefully get back on the field, because baseball is better with Fernando Tatis on the field, I think they're putting together quite a team. And it all starts for me with the pitching and Mackenzie Gore. Mm-hmm. Good? No? Yeah, I was impressed. I thought he looked really good. It was against the Reds, so a lot of people are going to say and put an asterisk next to it. But he also had a pretty good start with the Braves. And through a lot of fastballs, I think the fastballs, there was a couple times where I was like, all right, Naquin like what are you swinging at I, I forgot this I forgot not Tyler Naquin I'm, I'm getting the name mixed up but uh like oh, yeah, what are you swinging at too. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like these high probably Colin Moran he swings at everything yeah word. like probably was yeah. Colin Moran <laughs> probably was was or Akinu I think is his name oh gosh yes there we go he had a couple oh gosh yes um he oh, had gosh. a couple but the slider, the curveball. He did use more of his other pitch mix. He basically threw almost all fastballs his first start. This time, experimenting a little bit more, so that was encouraging. I like it. I like that his fastball velocity is up. I like it. And it's one of the reasons my bold prediction was that I thought the Padres had the best uh, rotation in the division uh, this year. And a lot of that was because Sean Mania, I just mentioned, gave up a lot of hard hits. He's going to be due. For one of those games where he just gets absolutely torched, it happens. But overall, he kind of is one of those guys that can over can outperform some of his metrics. He's not a guy that you just only look at the Savant page. Uh, he re- he beat his record in strikeouts last year, and he's due for a contract this year. So it doesn't surprise me at all that he's coming out killing it out of the gate. But the thing about what's interesting about the Padres is he's maybe the four. Right. In theory, because this is a team that still has Blake Snell and Mike Clevenger, hopefully to come back. Joe Musgrove, enough is enough. The guy is an ace. Right. And then you have Mackenzie Gore as that wild card. Can he be a guy that's just, you know, has potential is interesting or, you know, it happens every now and then that rookies can just come out and be awesome immediately. Trevor Rogers of the Marlins last year is a good example of that. Not comparing them you know, by mechanic and whatnot, but just in terms of that impact. And then there's probably someone else I forgot. Then I'm forgetting about Nick Martinez. I mean, hopefully he'll be okay. That's fine. But I think that it's just an overall amount of depth that the Padres have. You have Darvish, who sometimes looks amazing, sometimes <laughs> doesn't make it more than two innings. But nonetheless, I thought that there was just a lot of depth and intrigue with that Padres rotation that the lineup just has to be okay and whatnot. And I know that the Reds lineup, again, with the Mackenzie Gore start, wasn't doing all that great. And Joey Votto, by the way, Grand Theft Votto is happening right now. And I'm worried. We mentioned A Rod earlier. I'm wondering if he's have if he had the A Rod last hurrah. And what I mean by that is this: mm. Alex Rodriguez, one of his last seasons with the Yankees, he was coming back. He had missed a year, and he had an incredible first half. I think Mark Teixeira had a good one for them too. And then everyone was like, "Oh my god!" And then they head into their next season, and it's like, "Oh crap! No, they're done. They're not going to be able to do this again." You had Votto last year, 36 home runs, tied for the second most in a single season for his career. So it's like, oh, man, is it possible? Now, it's so early. Is it possible that Votto just had that one last really like almost like a nostalgia season? And then it turns out that it looks like that was like his last great season that we shouldn't expect, you know, to that sort of level. To say that I'm objective about Joey Votto would be a lie, but (laughs) no, I don't think so. 
I think he's got one more year. I really do. I think that mm-hmm. right now he's kind of pressing a little bit because he had a crazy slump there where I think over the course of like five games, he struck out like 15 times or 10 times or whatever it was. It was, it was a lot of times. And then he was popping out to the pitcher. He was popping out in foul territory, things that Joey Votto does not do. So I think a lot of it is he's trying to press through the struggles of this lineup. And I think he's trying to put the team on his back and, hit a bases empty grand slam and things like that. So I I think that part of this is he's trying to do too much. I saw a lot more relax from him at the plate. These last two games, that first game was rough. He, He did not look good in the first game against the Padres. The last two seemed like he slowed down a little bit. He stopped changing his stance, no matter who's at the plate, like, Mm -hmm. cause he was hitting, he was like squatting down against lefties, standing up tall against righties. He's standing up tall again, no matter what, still using the hockey puck bat, which I don't necessarily think that a bat is going to change that dramatically how much a person hits. And I think that once he is firmly into the swing of things, he's going to be good. Plus there's one other thing that fills into my prognostication. And that is that Joey's always been a slow starter. He's always Mm -hmm. been a dude that the month of April you're going to look at and you're going to cringe. And then the rest of the season is Vado-esque. So I, I say I would I would need to see like another solid month of these kind of numbers before I'd say I'm worried that we're going to see that decline phase return in in a hurry. I think yeah. it's gonna and it would be a shame because I'm rooting for Vado because I want him to put up a couple more good seasons and whatnot to have his Hall of Fame case and whatnot. And even more importantly, give us good reason to be really excited about his new Twitter that he launched and apparently everybody <laughs> says he's actually very very funny uh which i don't doubt he says i use oof when i text in his twitter bio i'm curious because I, th- look a lot of people are like look he's actually legitimately fine not athlete funny but legitimately funny i gave him a follow on twitter i have notifications on joey vado start hitting and start tweeting that's what it's about that's what you got to do in this world man so hopefully Please. he can keep it up the tweets, the TikToks, and the Instas. He's all over the place. Oh, he He's has loving. been on the TikTok, yeah. He dove into that social <laughs> he, he with loves the feet. TikTok. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He, he does. It seems <laughs> – how are the Reds fans feeling about the TikTok? Because I know it's – TikTok gets a little bit of a bad rap sometimes. Yeah. It's, it's deserved because the top, top, top creators are very, like, okay, so all you do is, like, dance, and then those dances are may or may not be things that you stole from people of color. But that's a whole other thing. Shout out to that person uh, who kind of rules TikTok. But then in general, it's just a fun app that just has a lot of funny, like, funny people on it. Right. What do the Reds I, fans feel about the... I think, <laughs> generally, I think generally people are happy with it. Like, I love it. Um, mm-hmm. For years... He was there. There was a corner of Reds country, not a very big corner, but there was a corner that was very vocal about how much they didn't like Joey Votto. And they they constantly said, oh, he is a personality less blob who likes to walk too much. (laughs) And I'm like, all right, first off, that's a terrible rules. Yeah, he's awesome. He's he has always been awesome. It's just now he is awesome in front of everyone. And and he had that Mm -hmm. awesome game against the Braves where he was mic'd up. And of course, that was like the half inning where he was mic'd up at first base. And then the next half inning, he comes up to bat and he pops out to the pitcher for the first time in his career. So we're like, okay, he's just not going to be mic'd up anymore. He's he's going to (laughs) say no to the mic. But that was like 20 minutes of the best television I've ever watched. Because mm-hmm. 
he was just so like Joey. I don't even know. He's not even a guy that I think will jump into coaching or jump into the booth. I think they're mm-hmm. going to like create a show for him mm-hmm. on like MLB Network or, or maybe even CBS. Yeah. I don't know. Cause you're right. He's funny. Like, yeah, funny. Not, not like, Oh, have Peyton Manning fight. No, he's funny. Well, Peyton Manning catching a stray, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like it, he does have that vibe to him. I th- I'm wondering if he's like, all right, I got to start showing this side of my personality. Cause Lord knows the reds yet again, are just rebuilding. So I need to like entertain myself somehow. And you know, uh, God, God, yeah. bless him because there were people that mm-hmm. were surmising with all these moves. Does he go into the owner's office and say, trade me? And somebody mm-hmm. asked him that they asked him, they said, are you, are you can contemplating, you know, requesting a trade? And he said, absolutely not. I mm. signed a contract with this team. I will honor, I will honor my contract with this team. I love this uniform and I want to represent it with the, with as much as I can. And I'm like, God, t- the reds yeah. don't deserve him. They yeah. don't deserve him. And if he had said, I want out of here. I'm pretty sure there's a total of like zero Reds fans that would have a problem with that. They'd be like, we get it. We, we totally right. get it. Yeah. And that like, go, go win a idiots would have said, yay, he's gone. But yeah, no, I, yeah. I, the rest of Reds country would be like, he absolutely deserves it. Put him on a contender. Mm-hmm. Hey, hopefully he doesn't end up regretting it because it doesn't look like the Reds are going to be too competitive. Hopefully this isn't like the Damian Lillard of baseball where like we <laughs> praise the guy for staying and then it's like, oh, what Damian Lillard? You never played in big games, unfortunately. Either way, love Lillard, love Vado. And Jeff, this has been a very fun chat. Do you have any so final funny. thoughts and whatnot to share with the good people of Lockdown Padres and Lockdown Reds? Um, any final thoughts? I'm sad at the fact that I wasn't at the ballpark on Tuesday. Taco Tuesday mm. at Petco Park is just like none other. Those oh. tri-tip tacos just. Mm. I got to go mm-hmm. out one day. I really do. So good. I got to make my San Diego trip. I got to make it it's so at some good. point. The, the tri-tip tacos. And then I, I would be curious to know what the drink of the day was against the Reds, against the uh, Giants. When I went a couple years back, it was like some kind of tiki punch that was actually pretty good. And weren't really well with the tri-tip tacos, but yes. By the way, that's a that's another thing. If you want to hire me for concessions uh, advertising, <laughs> come find me. Everybody, <laughs> do very much do that if you'd like. <laughs> uh, that was random, but guys, yes. random is what you get sometimes over on the Locked On Network, and you also get something else. You get general Locked On MLB talk. Please. Go check out Lockdown MLB, guys. Paul Francis Sullivan, but please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues, both past and present. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. A very good podcast. Sully is an old, old man who loves to beef with me in the Lockdown chat about the extra innings rule because, Lord forbid, we have 15 games a year that are a little bit different out of the 162 that we have. (laughs) But anyways, go check out his podcast. It's really great. Whenever he does breakdowns of past stuff, especially, I love it. Like on Ricky Henderson, on some other great two men I've heard of. He's great. Go check that out. Jeff, you got anything else you want to plug? Just make sure you check out Locked On Reds. You can find us exactly every single place you find Locked On Padres. Exactly. I'm pointing at the logo and the at symbols right now. Subscribe on YouTube, Lockdown Reds on YouTube, and Lockdown Padres on YouTube to be able to see that. You can see me flexing, doing all this cool stuff, doing the rigmarole, whatever. Be sure to do that. Follow me at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres for all your Padres stuff. And until next time, stay safe, 
And of course, stay faithful, my fire faithful homies and Reds homies. Take care.